when it comes to applying innovation, you need to rethink the way you are handling both your current employees, but also, of course, how you're managing talents. Hello, welcome to this podcast. My name is Frank Wammers. I'm the Chief Technology Officer for Capgemini Europe. And with me, I've got Johan Halberg, who is a part of the CTO network within Sweden and also helping managing the Applied Innovation Exchange Capgemini Innovation Lab. Johan, welcome. Uh, you're going to talk about uh, the digital culture and tech tools and the impact that it has on, on teams in next week's uh, IDG event which will take place in Stockholm. You know, you're, Correct, are, you looking, Frank. Are, you, are you already excited about it? Yes, I am, Frank. I'm, I'm really excited. It's going to be a fun event, uh, and it's always a lot of interesting discussions happening at that event. And I think that the, the digital culture and what's happening within that space today, it's so important for, of course, ourselves at Capgemini and also all our clients. Yeah, so I'm really excited. Yeah, cool. And I can I can imagine the excitement. I I have a lot of discussions with clients, uh, and and particularly about you know how the digital transformation and where initially people think that it has a lot to do with technology. You know, after ten percent of the conversation, we already end up in what the real the real issue is and the real challenges, which is indeed you know how do I change my culture, my processes, and my organization. So so. If, if culture is so important, what for you is a digital culture and, and why does it so much differ than from what most companies currently have? For me, digital culture is really about all the thousand things that we do today. I mean, it's, it's quite different. If you, t- if you go back 10, 15 or 20 years, when we had the discussions about uh, how to how to collaborate, of course, we, we used email when that came 20 years ago. But since then, it, the digital culture is so much more. It's how do we co- collaborate around documents? How do we collaborate around Excel sheets? That's just the start. How do we collaborate with our customers over various social media and so on? And I think that the culture that needed internally in many organizations is how do we make use of the the digital natives, the, the young people coming into our companies today that are probably around 25 and 35. They are used to using uh, mobiles and, and uh, social media networks in a different way than probably you and I are, Frank. Yeah, I have to admit, although I'm a big gadget freak, yeah, me too. <laughs> but I, but I, I, I already feel outpaced by some of the youngsters, indeed. Uh, but, but with that regard, I, I have a chicken and an egg question for you, uh, and that is: Is it because we've got the tech tools that therefore the culture changes, or is it because the youth is entering the workforce and they bring all the new ways of working and 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 tech tools with them? What, 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 do, what is the egg? What is the chicken? Where do we start? I think it's it's it. I mean, I'm an enterprise architect, and I know you are an architect as well. And we our common our our always our answer to any question. It depends, of course. <laughs> but <laughs> what, but what, what I would say is that the tools is just to start. The the really important thing is to realize how do we actually collaborate? How do we actually make use of the 
power that digital brings to us. We could, it's such a difference, for instance, if you're sitting in a management board today, how do you collaborate with the rest of the organization? Um, earlier, it was so hard to get to talk to someone down on the floor, so to speak, or for the, for the ordinary employees to even think about talking to the CEO in large corporations. Today, you can use that on, on internal collaboration tools and, and so on. And that is, I mean, for all the, these, the unicorns and the younger companies, that, they are doing that. And then whether it's 100,000 or 10,000 or 100 people in the same organization doesn't matter anymore. So, I mean, and that is a huge cultural change in itself, of course. Yeah. What does it do then for unprepared organizations? So what do you see in the marketplace? I see that um, many of these organizations that, that has the, um, the old thinking, so to speak, is that they are, f they are much, much slower when it comes to putting together uh, new offerings, new products, new services, because they are living in, in, in this world where, where you do everything in a waterfall kind of method. I think where, where the, with the unicorns and with the, with the current, st with the, the startups and so on, what they actually are doing is that they are much more agile. And even if you are a large company says that, hey, I'm agile, uh, that doesn't actually mean that you are. No, I can. I, I I totally relate to that. I, I do think, and I currently have some engagement with some clients that says, you know, we want to be more agile. We want to be more into this into this new world. Uh, but but how do I do that? Eh? And I think you know the uh, Gardner has the bimodal uh, part. Eh? Uh, we as Capgemini we already use for a long term like the the, the cars for scooters uh, metaphor eh? that you don't you don't have two speeds in your organization but you have different kind of speeds in your application landscape. And I think it is like, how do you balance where can I start experimenting with becoming more agile and where can I remain a little bit more in the traditional part? Do, do you also see this, this, you know, that you need to diversify in the organization or do you think that with your digital culture, you have to go full in agile? What, what, what are some of the experiences that you see in companies? I, I see that... Um important the most important thing of all is that you don't try to change people mindsets because that is far too difficult instead you need to try to change the way they're working and that is by tools and that is by by making sure that the leadership is much more distributed distributed than we had in the past which means that you kind of have the leadership at, at all levels it doesn't matter whether you're a manager or not you have the leadership for your area and and when it's comes to Agile, I see that it's pretty much the same. You have your own per, uh, personal responsibility to make sure that you you do what's, what's needed, so to speak, but also to develop how to work in projects, how to work with clients. And of course, there's so many customers of ours today that say that they are becoming more customer obsessed. Uh, and I think that is a part of that, because if you're obsessed by 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 uh, Twitter or Facebook, and I guess we all have, or some of us still are obsessed by it. I think you need to have the same kind of relationship with your customers and your projects. 
And I think when you do, when you, you are becoming much more agile, quicker to change and being open to change. And I think this was a wake-up call, the ring that we really just heard. <laughs> In that respect, it, it's not so much that you start identifying, you know, how do I implement it? If I hear you correctly, it's basically that everybody should take ownership to identify where, how, and how fast agile could be implemented. It's about it's about a personal ownership to to go and start a journey wherever you are, and then determine okay how relevant is it for me, or what can I apply in order to become more agile. Is, is that a yeah. good, good summary? Uh, yeah, I think it is, and, and it's more when. when thinking about uh, how to change um, and how to work with the culture. I guess it's, it's different from company to company, but uh, for instance, at, at Google, which is one of them, for them, they're, they're working with transparency and collaboration. That is the promoting the culture of promote, uh, collab collaborate, whatever you do, and, and ha hire people that actually wants to work in teams. Uh, having new tools making it possible to collaborate in a much more efficient way, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, and I think these are the things that is so important for leaders to for them to understand that they are responsible and they have to be role model for making sure that the culture becomes more uh, customer-obsessed <laughs> and, and, and as well as then transform it into a more agile organization yeah yeah and, and, and you you yeah you bring up google the, the 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 main critique that i sometimes have or i hear is that like you know you you you're, you're looking at the uh, the the cool new hot companies on the other hand you can also say like you know but google is not young and hot anymore it's already an established company they are already i don't know seventy thousand people big so what is the what is the trick then that they can still remain in that culture without, you know, jeopardizing because they are now getting so big? What's the what's the secret sauce where every time a client will say, oh, yeah, but Google is a different kind of company. We should say, no, that's not true. They're big. But these are the things that they do to to keep the the, 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 the culture in, in a almost startup kind of mode. What, what do you think is the secret in that? I guess that one of the secrets is that they they organize like a startup as well. They have uh, responsibilities in teams instead of in large uh, corporate business units. And in, in in large corporate business units, we have someone that is responsible for the budget, and then that's pure. That's how it is. At Google, they are much more responsible for their own budget, for their own team, making sure that the team itself actually actually succeeds. And I think I, I started with taking, bringing up uh, Google, but another example is, is uh, General Electric. They have done a massive change within their organization where they have cultivating a digital uh, culture in a much faster way than I've seen in many global and huge organizations that they are. And um, I think that what they have accomplished and what they have uh, succeeded with is really making sure that they have, have a team that are responsible for this transformation as such. That's just part of it. In other words, yeah, having, having that vision is something that the 
the uh, management team of the company needs to own, and they need to make sure that that is communicated and that they also listen in to what the employee says and change the way that they are communicating, but still, of course, has that vision. And that is yeah, one of the tricks, what, what General Electric has done. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, and I, I'm, I'm, but I, I want to be very sharp with you. So I'm, you know, I love you, but I'm not going to accept everything that you say. <laughs> Is that you, you take you, you take very good examples because I do think indeed, eh, Google, you know, what you say, it's you know, kill silos. You know, silos are actually the killers of real innovation. And I, I totally buy into that. There's a great book which is written uh, by Alex Pendleton, which is called Social Physics, and basically he says like, wealth comes from idea flow. Because idea flow generates uh, 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 innovation. And what you need to do is you need to stimulate that ideas can flow freely through organizations, through society, etc. And I think indeed silos kill it. When it comes to GE, I totally agree. I think there's a good example in GE because it's like, you know, it's almost an all or nothing kind of bet on uh, on the digital transformation. Uh, but it also shows, and that is, of course, a little bit the pain that they are feeling right now because uh, the financial performance of, of GE is at this moment not yet what the market expects it to be. Uh, but, they are, but, but they still remain relentless on their digital journey. So I think uh, and I think that probably like, you know, not all companies have to make the same bet as, 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 as General Electric does it. Uh, but at least the learnings of how to set the vision, how that vision then drives the mobilization in the organization, uh, et cetera, is definitely something I think you, uh, you should learn from and you should see how to, how to apply. Uh, yeah. These are some successful examples. Do you also have an example of, you know, where you see that it's not working? So what should people not do? I do actually. And, um, the company I'm thinking of is a bank, and they have been managing the bank the way they always had. Uh, and I think one of the issues for them is they have tried to um, transform not just the, the bank itself, by, but also the culture about saying, hey, we, we need new tools. Let's just throw away all the legacy and implement new stuff. That, that, that will magically make things better and actually don't because they are too tech heavy they are thinking too much taking it from a technical point of view i think it's so important to realize that hey this is a vision for the organization as such not just for tech and i think that is a, a lesson at least for, for the way i've seen it that you you need to have you need to look at it from both ends and you need to understand how to make use of the tools in a good way as well as, as making use of the employees and the internal culture and then develop that in a way so that it, of course, benefits both customers and the organization as such. Yeah. Hey, and when, when, when we look at how we help our clients in their digital transformation, one of the things that we deliberately designed is what we call the Applied Innovation Exchange. And I'm really thrilled because I know that on the 12th of April, you know, we're going to open our new Applied Innovation Exchange in, in Stockholm, which you, of course, are driving heavily. If, if, and it's all about, you know, not so much inventing things on your own. It's much more how do you use and how do you mesh up and apply all those innovations which are already out there to create business impact. But, but applying innovation, you know, already in the, in the wording, it's about, you know, making sure that you find out 
what kind of innovations are there. It's about the ability then to start translating that on how that could impact your business. It's So there are so many things and aspects to it. What are then the major challenges that you see in the digital culture for companies really to dig into this concept of applying innovation? What are some of those challenges which prevents them from properly doing this? I think one of the things is talent. Uh, we have been, I've talked about, uh, we have discussed the, the importance of having teams, working in, in smaller teams rather than huge organizations. And I think that when it comes to applying innovation and working with setting up new business models, new products and services, making sure that they are actually uh, in line with uh, the needs uh, the customers has and bringing value to the organization, I think that you need to rethink the way you are handling both your current employees, but also, of, of course, how you manage managing talents. And I think that we we did this survey with together with LinkedIn just prior to Christmas, and I think that one really outlined that as well, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. And uh, you could see that there also is a big difference uh, in, in, you know, what people expect and what companies think that they are already uh, that they are already driving. Uh, and actually, there was an another piece of research which was done uh, together with MIT on uh, on particularly on Europe on, you know, where where how do companies really are entering the digital strategy of the future and how how employees perceived it. And, and particularly for the Netherlands where, where I live, and that was quite interesting, was like your know, management thought that, you know, no, we have a clear vision and we are on our journey and everybody knows it. And then the feedback from the employees is like, you know, we don't have a clue. No. <laughs> the management doesn't know anything. We haven't started yet. And, and the, no. the, 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 and I think that is something like, you know, I think that a lot of companies indeed, they, 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 on a top level, they are thinking about it. They are actually doing a, 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 a setting their strategies, probably starting some of the projects, but making sure that everybody in the organization feels it, lives it, sees it, uh, uh, can can support it. That is, I think, what the big uh, what the big difference is, and I think where the uh, where the area of opportunity is. And 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 it drives me a little bit to the next question because one of the things, of course, and you mentioned that a couple of times as well, is like you know don't set up complete culture change programs, but you know start working on it, start implementing some of the of of the tools. And to what extent do you see then what, what kind of tools and and how what kind of requirements are necessary in order to really start on the journey and and close that gap between hey we are on a journey versus the people on the floor. Okay. Yes, we feel we really feel that we are on a journey. How should you organize that as a as a as a company or an organization? I think again. I think um, I would start with creating a small team, uh, working closely together with the with the senior execs, making sure that uh, working this vision, making sure that that is, is something that they really really want to drive, and I think they do. I think most of them want that. Uh, but as we all know, we are always too busy doing all other things. But for the sake of the company and for the future, I think that is necessary. And I think that's that's the way uh, where to start. Um, so by hiring then stunning colleagues, by, by making sure that you see, you search for the excellence in the performance as well, 
Um, and one thing that we often see in startups is that you don't have that many rules. And in huge companies, you, we have policies for everything from coming to the office to to, to log into your PC um, in a way that something is a little bit too much. And I think we have a little bit, sometimes at least, we have too many rules, even though that is, is uh, we can't be without them either. So I think that these are the areas I think that you you should you should think about and start and bringing down to to everyone in the organization and making sure that they realize hey we have some freedom to to make to develop the business at the same time of course we have the we need to own that and we we will have the responsibility uh, for it as well. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree, and I, and I think it is, and, and this is the reason why it's so difficult. I think it's balance. It, it's about balancing the, the act. Uh, I think uh, the, 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 I, I, I chaired a uh, conference on the future of work, and there was a, a lady who who gave me an insight I didn't have, and she said, "In the in, in, now we are entering a unique space in history because we are now for the first time that we have five different generations." At the same time on the work floors. Uh, so we, we still have the people, the baby boomers, uh, to the millennials. And, and what she said is like, you know, all five, they have different ways of working, different needs. And if you really want to become successful, you know, they all, they all bring something unique to the, to the workplace. So if you want to be successful, the question is, how can I tie that together? So how can I give respect for somebody that still wants to sit in his room? alone sometimes because he needs some rest versus like you know the millennials that want to be in big open spaces and i think for me the 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 success of a google was because larry page and serge brin you know got hooked up with uh with eric schmidt it was by combining you know the seniority with the youth it was combining you know you need to have some rules and some financial insight with I need to have extreme entrepreneurship from a startup. And yep. I think those companies that are extremely successful in this digital transformation, they are actively working on, you know, where, where is this balance? How can we walk this fine, fine line between, mm-hmm. yeah, we need to have rules. Yeah. We need to have freedom. Yeah. You know, we need to give, uh, extreme flexibility to, yeah, we need some architectural guidelines. And, and I think for me, that is one of the takeaways. So next yeah. week it's the it's the it's the IDD. So why should people come? And I know you also are going to set up a live stream. Why should people watch? What is the final pitch that you want to give for people? What are they going to take away once they hear your story? I think the takeaway is some of it we have discussed today. Uh, but of course, what I will go into deeper into is, for instance, what's happening at GE, what's happening at Google, what's happening also locally with some of our clients here in Sweden, uh, making sure that they come with uh, clear recommendations of what they actually can do in order to have a more flexible and future visions for for the organization. I think that's going to be the takeaways that they I'll bring them uh, there from stage uh, on Thursday next week. Oh, and I'm it's a shame I cannot be there because actually I really want to hear your story uh, because I think Thanks, you know Frank. we we can, we can learn so much. So Johan, if people are not able to come uh, next week thursday where on social media can they find you and and can they start having more discussions with you on this topic 
Yeah, they can find me at Johan Halberg uh, on Twitter and also on LinkedIn, of course. Same again, Johan Halberg. Uh, and I guess that they can find you, Frank, as well, as you are very much a part of this. Yeah, definitely. So you can find me on Twitter on uh, at fwannes uh, on uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, it's exactly the same. Fwannes uh, is the handle. And uh, Johan and myself are also very active on uh, the Capgemini's uh, Expert Connect blog. So uh, if you go go to the Capgemini.com uh, site, you can go to the blogs, where you will find a lot of very interesting perspectives of some of our colleagues. Uh, but more importantly, you can also find some of the studies that we refer to, like the LinkedIn study on the, the new social uh, and the digital native, uh, as well as the, the gap that we found out on like how the, the, the digital strategy is being perceived. So if you have any questions, please go to the Capgemini side and, and look for it, or indeed reach out to at Johan Halberg on Twitter or at Wannes. Johan, uh, it has been a, pri- a, a privilege and a pleasure, as always. Really Same, looking Frank. forward to uh, it was great to have your insight and really looking forward to uh, to speak to you soon hopefully again in such a podcast sounds great frank and i really it's been a pleasure for me as well we will do well listeners thank you so much for listening to this podcast i hope you will be inspired and you will be uh, pushed into action and really looking forward to hear and speak to you soon again thank you